about that. He was, we talked about him being created by God, or uh, that Adam and Eve were created by God, and all of us are God's creation. And then we talked about he created male and female, and that's where we're at tonight. And we made it down a little bit on that. And uh, we talked about the importance of a monogamous relationship between a man and a woman. And, and, and today, I want to talk about God's purpose in creation. And that is that monogamous, lifelong relationship between a man and a woman. And, uh, and we're going to start in Matthew chapter 19, and we're going to read verses 4 through 10. Now, these are the words of Christ, and he said, All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, sitting on a donkey, a colt. I'm in 21. I am so sorry. I was thinking, you know, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> All right. What a great way to start, right? All right. Just erase that let's go back to chapter 19 starting in verse 4 <sighs> and he answered and he said to them have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female that's more like it and said for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to the flesh to his wife and the two shall become one flesh you know that comes from Genesis 2 24 and 25 and said for this reason, a man shall leave his father and be joined to his wife, the two shall become one flesh. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. And they said to him, Why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? And he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery, and whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery, his disciples said to him, if such is the case of the man with his wife, it is better not to marry. Now, uh, that's a very tough passage of Scripture. And what God is basically saying is this. God created Adam and Eve to be together forever. God created all of us to have one spouse. That's what he created for. That's, that's the divine plan for marriage. And that's what God created us for. Now, does that mean if, if there's been infidelity that you can't remarry? No, that's not what that means. You can remarry, but that's not God's original plan. God's original plan is that you marry your spouse and you stay married for life. Now, here's the, here's the key. Because we're all broken, and you go back and study the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, you find that Moses, because of the hardness of hearts, and guess what? It's because of the hardness of hearts even today that there is divorce. I mean, that, it's as simple as that. I mean, every single person who has been married has come to the place. It's like... Uh, uh, I heard one fellow say just the other day, Sandy and I were talking to them, and said, uh, well, had, had, did you ever consider divorce? And she said, no, but I did consider murder. And, and I think every couple that is together, you're going to have periods of hardship and difficulty, and the most important thing is that you work through it. Now, here's the, here's the kicker. Are you listening? It takes two people to work through it. One person can't work through it alone. You can't make another person... 
My, my brother, uh, Shan, he's a counseling psychologist, uh, taught the university for I don't know how many years, 20, 25 years, 30, I don't know, a long time. And he's counseled thousands of people. And he said every single group, couple that he has counseled with, if one wants to make it and one doesn't, he said there is no reason to counsel because they're not going to make it. It takes two willing to work, even though they may not know if they can make it. But if one doesn't, it's not going to happen. And I can tell you the highly success rate of mine and Sandy's marriage counseling, it's not great. <laughs> Most people come to us and they basically say, well, we went to marriage counseling. They came one time for 30 minutes and never came back. It's kind of like my uncle. I may have told you this story, but I, I think it merits telling again. Uh, some of you remember my, my uncle Clarence Bowling. And I, Uncle Clarence was a fine gentleman. And he and Ava Joe were married, how long, Mom? 60, 60 years or so, a long time. And uh, I was telling him one day, I was, I was at the nursing home, and I was kind of lamenting. I said, you know, Uncle Clarence, I, I do these weddings, and I never know if they're going to last or not. And, and people will just tell you whatever you want to hear to get you to marry them. And then, you know, whether it works or not, I, who knows. And I said, you know, I guess I'm about probably 50%. And, and, and he said, you know, Brother John, or he called me John. He said, you know, John, he said, uh, there was an old pastor down in Beaumont that I knew that told me every single couple that he ever married stayed together. And then he looked at me and he said, I doubt it had anything to do with him. <laughs> and I thought, I thought that showed a lot of wisdom because you, it doesn't have anything. It has everything to do with the couple that have committed themselves to one another. And then Mark's gospel in chapter 10, verse 7 through 12, for this reason, again, it's talking basically the same thing. A man shall leave his father and mother be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, so they're no longer two but one. Now, isn't it amazing? Now, just those of you who've been married a number of years, isn't it amazing how you begin to know so, that person so closely, you know what they're going to say and what they're thinking and what they're going to do? It's incredible, isn't it? You, I mean, you could almost finish each other's sentences. And there's that, that closeness, that dynamic. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. <clears throat> In the house, his disciples also asked him again about the same matter. So he said, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. In other words, be faithful to one another. Then it says... If a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. So basically we, we have both of these. And then, is that it? That's it, okay. I thought so, but I wanted to make sure. I had a little few pregnant pauses there that threw me off. But we did get through it. Uh, again, what Jesus is saying. Now now keep in mind, keep, keep this in mind. And, and I'm going to ask a couple difficult questions. And the first difficult question I'm going to ask is of our worship leader, James. Does God forgive sin? Yes. Larry, does man sin? Gwen, does woman sin? 
So God forgives man and woman's sin. God knows this. We are all broken, correct? And even though we are broken, He is willing to forgive us our sins. But there are these ten commandments that He gives us, and then the two commandments that He gives us in John 13. And uh, basically, God is saying He expects perfection out of us, but He knows we all fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned, right? Now, I wish we were perfect, but I'm going to tell you something. Even couples that stay married don't have a perfect relationship. Right? <laughs> we, we think about that, but I mean, the, <clears throat> I have never known any couple that has not had a fuss. Ever. Have you? Now, I've had some tell me they never had a fuss, but I didn't believe it. <laughs> because we're all different, and we all fall short. In Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul said these words, Do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives? For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then, while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Now, when you read a passage of Scripture, remember the context, and that's what you have to understand. And, and, and it's so important that when, you re, when you're dealing with a subject as sensitive as this, because every family has been touched by this, right? Every family has been touched by this. It, it's important that you read the full scope of the Word of God so you don't make rash judgments and be hypercritical of those who have gone through a loss because anyone that has gone through a divorce that I have spoken with has a broken heart. And our responsibility is not to pounce on their broken heart, but to help mend their broken heart and show them Christ. And He is the one who gives peace. He is the God of peace. And then we can have the peace of God when we know that God of peace. Amen. All right. Now also the purpose of creation, but also the purpose of companionship and intimate fellowship. And you know, this is one of the most important things, I believe, is companionship. Now, intimate fellowship, that, that, that's true too. But you know what? In, in a relationship, it's more about companionship than anything else. It's being there together. As Ecclesiastes say, if one falls, the other can lift them up. It, it's, it's being there together and doing the things that we enjoy together. In Genesis chapter 2, 18 and then 23 and 24. The Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Now, I understand that some people enjoy being alone more than others, but primarily we are dependent upon the relationship of other people. We were created for relationships, and one part of that relationship is not just friendship relationship, but that's companionship, intimacy relationship which goes so much deeper. And then Adam said, This is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now, just, I'm just going to ask the question, and uh, 
John, is it okay to ask you? You lost your wife, and it's, it's difficult even to this day. Companionship, companionship is a hard thing, isn't it? I mean, people that have lost loved ones that I've spoken to said the most difficult time is when it's dinner time and you're looking across the table and they're not there. Would you say that's true? You know, we have a pact, Sandy and I. I mean, I, you know, as a man, men generally go first, not always, but generally. And uh, anybody ever watch Thelma and Louise? We've got a pack. She's just going to drive me slobbering. And we're going to drive off the Grand Canyon. <laughs> we go home together. Now, we're not, but I mean, <laughs> you know, it's uh, being alone for us would not be good. Also, in marriage, God created us for this purpose of sexual fulfillment within the bonds of marriage within the bonds of marriage in first corinthians chapter 7 nevertheless because of sexual immorality let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband the wife does not have authority over her own body but the husband does and likewise the husband does not have authority of his own body but the wife does in other words what what that's what that means is we love each other so much that we give ourselves to one another out of love and not and, and not compulsion. We don't, we don't say, well, okay, I guess so. But we say, you know what? I'm yours and you're mine. And, and that's what a healthy relationship is. And, and, and I've had so many couples that I've had in, in uh, counseling that have said something like this. Well, if he will just do this, then I will have intimacy with him. Or if she would clean the house, then we... And you know what I, what I say to them in a situation like that? Now, please don't take this wrong. I say, what is the definition of a prostitute? Someone who does something to get something. So, that's why God says you freely give yourself to each other. Freely give yourself. And, and when that's the concept of intimacy... It's a beautiful thing, but when you use one another or abuse one another or, or, or when you come to the place where you're demeaning one another, that's not a beautiful thing, and that's not what God created. God created the act of intimacy to be a very beautiful and special thing, but man, like anything else, we have uh, corrupted it. In Proverbs chapter, oh, I didn't finish, did I? Did I not finish? Let your foundation be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. As a loving deer and graceful doe, let her satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. In other words, tend your own garden, water your own grass, encourage your own spouse build them up don't be looking around thinking boy i could have it better over here or over here no 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 you know as, as they always say the grass when you get over there it turns brown too you ever seen a cow on its knees eating grass on the other side of the fence i mean it's hilarious to me i mean all that grass in that field and it's trying to get the grass in that field 
I guess that is just nature, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it looks better, doesn't it, Kelly? But the whole point is, God created us to have those relationships of love and admiration and compassion with our spouse. Now, anybody, do you guys have the new outline? Should? Anybody need a new outline? Need a new outline? Okay. Uh, we'll just do a couple of these because uh, we don't want to go too far tonight. Now, the next main point is any sexual activity outside the bonds of marriage is sin. And you say, I don't like that word sin. I don't like that word sin either, but you know what? It's in the Bible. I don't like the word taxes, but I have to pay them, right? So, any sexual activity outside of the bonds of marriage is sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Food for the stomach and the stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by His own power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? We need to remember that. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. That doesn't even sound good to me. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. The advice that's best to take is the advice of Joseph. Right? What did Joseph do? Run. Get out of there. Don't hang around and battle with your emotions. Run. Quickly. Do what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Yes, yeah, yeah, get it? Yeah. Proverbs, let's see, no. Yeah, Proverbs. Is that right? No? What is the next one? Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two mistakes tonight. For this is the will of God. What is the will of God? Your sanctification. What is sanctification? That's the process of becoming more like Christ. That's the will of God that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. In other words, take care of this. Don't throw it around like a cheap garment. Not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all. Such as we also forewarned you and testified, for God did not call us to uncleanliness, but God called us to what? Holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God. 
who has also given us his Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit is within us and uh, we are the temple, it's pretty important we really pay attention to what we put in here and what we put in here. read the story of this mother one time. She had a teenage daughter, and the teenage daughter had gotten to the place where she was a little bit rebellious, and she wanted to wear some clothing that her mother didn't think was quite appropriate. So they were having a fuss, and her mother was making a salad. She was throwing all the, the junk into the sink to go down the garbage disposal and, and putting the good stuff in the salad bowl. And when she finished, her daughter was still arguing. So she gathers up the debris that's in the garbage disposal, about to go down it, starts putting it in a bowl, and gives it to her. She said, well, what is that, Mom? She said, well, you put garbage in your mind, you might as well put it in your stomach. <laughs> Pretty good point. So we need to be really cautious of the things that we say and the things that we do. Hebrews 13. Marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled but fornicators and adulterers God will judge now keep in mind he forgives he forgives but there are a lot of people that never ask for forgiveness one more any sexual activity with someone of the same that's sex, S-E-X should be sex, is sin. Now, Leviticus 18. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Pretty clear. Nor shall you mate with any animal to defile yourself with it. Nor shall any woman stand before an animal to mate with it. It is perversion. Do not defile yourself with any of these things, for by all these the nations are defiled, which I am casting out before you. For the land is defiled. Therefore, I visit the punishment of its iniquity upon it, and the land vomits out its inhabitants. Again, God is saying, listen, it's an abomination. You know, we, we have tried to rewrite the Word of God and we have tried to downplay the importance. I told you the other day we should love people, but we cannot embrace the sin. Cannot. Cannot. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, For this reason, what reason? Well, because of the reason of the debased mind, because they continued to go against what was nature. God gave them to vile passions. For even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, here's what God did. He gave them over to a debased mind, to do those things which are not fitting. You see, here, here's, a, here's a point of that. When you come to a place where you continue to run past your conscience, when your conscience says, stop, 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 and you say, no, 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 I'm going to go, 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 there comes a point that God says, fine, 
I'm going to give you over to it. You're going to be consumed with it. And then in verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, malice, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parent, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who know the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. <clears throat> I know that's pretty hard stuff, but it's true. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, we're going to stop. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? Well, that's ultimately the kingdom of God, but all creation is the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners, will inherit the kingdom of God. And I love this because this shows God's forgiveness. And such were some of you. But here's the, here's the difference. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. How? By the Spirit of God. Aren't you thankful that He forgave and continues to forgive? I don't know your story, but I know mine. And I know I failed. And I know the Lord loves me in spite of my failures. We all have lied. Most of us have stole something. A piece of gum, pen at the bank, paper clip. Oh, that's not he's stealing. Oh, yeah, it's not yours. It's stealing. Doesn't have to be big things. We've all sinned. But God is a God of mercy, grace, justice, and forgiveness. And for that, we need to say thank you, Lord, because none of us are perfect. And without forgiveness, the wages of our sin is death. But the free gift of God is salvation in Christ Jesus our Lord. Did you want to say something? right he doesn't miss anything let's stand Gwen you I want you to come back to the front with me and Sandy please and uh, brother Bill would you dismiss us sir